1: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're going to be talking about the idea of Christian evangelism when people are hurting. This year is one of those years that lots of people can't wait to see the end of. You'll hear it everywhere, oh, I can't wait until the end of 2020 so we can turn over a new leaf uh, with the expectation that everything will be better next year. Well, on the back of a severe drought, the devastating bushfire season, there were even some floods in all of that when the drought broke for lots of communities, still communities that are in drought, but lots of those experienced flooding. And then the whole world saw Australia ablaze. That was what the world was seeing when those bushfires were sweeping through, especially those eastern parts of Australia. Then COVID-19, causing us all sorts of Economic grief primarily because we haven't lost as many lives as what we'll see on our media screens. But on top of that then, the death of George Floyd in the US, the advent of the Black Lives Matter protests that have reached our Australian shores. People here are angry too and radical groups have set a course to dismantle law and order. It all sounds like the plot of a some form of dystopian novel or the latest disaster movie. Well, on top of that, churches have been thrown into uncharted waters, forced to close doors, and reviewing the whole model that they use in serving their communities and being salt and light that Jesus calls us to be. And for many, it's a year that might be memorable for a whole lot of bad reasons. But... It raises the question, does the work of the gospel go on hold in times when people are uncertain and people are hurting and, let's face it, people are going broke? Are we supposed to be waiting until the storm passes to be serious about the Great Commission? Well, Stu Miller is the founder of Train to Proclaim, with lots of free resources to supercharge your confidence in sharing the gospel in these awkward times, awkward and times when people are hurting. And so I want to make a special welcome back to 2020 to Stu Miller. Stu, welcome.
2: Thanks, Neil. Great to be back.
1: Hey, Stu. As I've introduced a whole lot of things there, and uh, for for a lot of people, they're not seeing this as negative, uh, awkward, uh, hurting times at all, just coasting through and and the idea that economic pain is likely to increase come round September, uh, perhaps some of the conversation today might be for those people along the lines of, uh, you know, the worst is yet to come. But lots of people are certainly suffering and feeling all sorts of pain due to the things that have been going on this year. What are your thoughts around how people are feeling?
0: Yeah, I think you would have had to be been living in a cave not to be feeling something. There's yeah. <laughs> so much happening, hasn't there? Mm-hmm from uh, all the events that you've talked about. And, and uh, Neil, three months ago, even after the, the floods and the, and the bushfires, you'd said to me, Stu, you know, within a month, the government's going to close down our churches. It's going to decide who you can go and see and when you can see them and for what reason and, and how many people can come around to your place and, and all this sort of thing. I would have said, Neil, you're mad. we're not living in a communist government. We're we're in a a democracy. No one's going to be able to tell me what to do or whether churches can operate or not. And then if you said to me, Stuart, within three months, there's going to be, uh, you know, in America, there'll be riots on the street. There'll be looting. The authorities are going to declare that they're not going to prosecute the looters. And then people, even officials, not just celebrities and crazy people, like officials, actually authorities are going to start calling for defunding the police and abolishing the police, I would have said, Neil, what are you smoking? Yes. <laughs> you they... be joking me. There's yeah, no right. way in the world that I couldn't even imagine that happening three months ago. And, and look where we are.
1: You know, and it goes deeper because the anticipation is that things will get worse. And Uh, And that's not just uh, somehow rather just taking a negative view and not being optimistic because uh, I'm a really quite an optimistic person. And I'd be hopeful that there could be some resolution, you know, breakthroughs, vaccinations, uh, treatments and those sorts of things. But come September and, you know, the end of those sort of welfare net measures uh, those stimulus uh, packages that the governments have been putting in place Uh, you know you might hope there's going to be some relief there but I suspect that most people are anticipating that there won't be those breakthroughs by that point and we could be in for even worse pain. In Australia Stu we might well have dodged a bullet when it comes to uh, the issues of huge numbers of deaths and that still could be mm. ahead of us as well, but, but we are going to be experiencing the economic pain for some time.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, like you say, September is the month because that's the end of the job keeper job, seeker, all the, um, uh, not only that, uh, but the mortgage relief as well, the six months of mortgage relief from, from banks. So, there's a lot of people who, uh, and businesses that are, are operating okay, but they're being propped up uh, by the government and come September, there won't be any more propping up and what's going to happen? Uh, it's uh, certainly, certainly concerning and, um, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of hurt, uh, in our society at the moment and, um, you know, now I think it's an unprecedented time. I've probably heard that word a lot of time, a lot lately, but we really are living an unprecedented time. So we've got an unprecedented opportunity as Christians to offer the hope of Jesus Christ. We don't need to worry or be anxious for anything because we know the end of the story and we know that we have hope. Now, that doesn't mean there's not going to be massive challenges in our lives now, obviously, but... Um, we have the hope that we can offer to the world and we've got a, a massive opportunity at the moment.
1: Let's focus on the Christians for a few moments here because we want to invite listeners to join in our conversation today too and get their feelings mm. uh, because, you know, I'm, I'm asking the question today just so that you're up to date with this and people have begun to respond to today's Facebook poll and the idea, of course, we'll get some real-time uh, update information through the hour from how listeners are feeling about the conversation that we're having. The question I'm asking mm-hmm. today is, when there is a health crisis or economic pain, are people's hearts softened or hardened to the gospel? Now, there's an interesting twist in that question. As a lot of listeners uh, sometimes discover, There's sometimes there's some cryptic things about our questions, and oftentimes there's yeah. no right or wrong answer. But are we talking, if we ask a question like that, about the non-believer or are we talking about the believer? Because, and I'd, we'll unpack this with you as we go through the hour too, because when we think about evangelism, there could be an assumption that all those Christians are out there and uh, with their neighbours and on the streets and knocking on doors and everywhere because they recognise times are tough and people are open to the gospel. Or we might actually be hibernating and waiting till the storm cloud passes Uh, and Mm. people might be waiting for us to knock on the door with a good news message of salvation but uh, just around Mm. that question i mean i've just begun to unpack that there but what are your thoughts uh, when you think of you know health crisis economic pain softened hearts or hardened hearts what are your thoughts
0: well i think um human beings can go either way and when they're suffering there's some people who grow harder towards God and they they harden their heart and they they blame God for everything and even some Christians that may even you know turn away from God you know who have been following God for years when something very difficult happens in their life um, often that's a, a wrong understanding um, of you know theology of understanding of, of suffering of of the the fall and, and the situation that we're in and they sort of have been told, you know, that God will just bless you and everything will go great in your life, but life is not always like that. But as far as a non-Christian goes, I think um, that the opposite often is the one that happens, and that is where people are more open to having help. Uh, When everything's going swimmingly for you, you don't need God he, he's, he's not an even in the picture. I'm, I'm another need God. I've got everything I need. Everything's going well for me. I'm happy. Everything's well. But when things are, are crashing around you, that's often when you turn uh, to the Lord. So um, I think more often than not, it would be that way.
1: And interesting, as you mentioned, uh, you know, if you're always expecting things to go well for you, and uh, there is a line that is used in, What some call like a health and wealth gospel uh, Mm. where, you know, come to Jesus and you'll be healthy and you'll be well and you'll get rich. I mean, those sorts of thoughts uh, can make us very vulnerable uh, when there are things that go wrong. And, and so there is something in there in the foundation of our faith. And uh, coming back to the foundation of our faith, and I wonder whether you've got a perspective on this, and you know, maybe in a Stu Miller, in a nutshell, 60 second, the foundation for our faith and what it ought to be based on, and not so much the idea of health and wealth. Uh, what are you, uh, some thoughts here for, for foundations for faith that make us prepared for when times get tough?
0: I I think the the key thing for being prepared is to understand that who God is, He's the Creator of the universe. He's made everything. Everything is in His hands. And Psalm twenty-four one says, "You know, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and all who dwell therein." So, if we understand that everything belongs to God, our life, uh, our time, our family, our anything that we have, our possessions, it all belongs to God. It's all His. And if we hold on to that lightly, it doesn't matter what comes our way. Someone could steal our car, you know, one of our relatives or close, uh, you know, a partner might die. You know, tragic things can happen in our lives. And if we think that we own them, then we are bitter towards God. God, why did you take them from me? But if we realize they all belong to the Lord, uh, we know that that God has graciously, you know, given us for a period of time. And I know this is a little bit more than 60 seconds, Neil. Sorry. But, That's right. Um, but we, we, uh, it gives you an attitude of gratitude in your life for everything that you have because it's all a blessing from God. It's not your right. You're not entitled to these things. And when you understand that God is God and He owns everything, um, nothing can come your way. No amount of suffering or tragedy can happen in your life that you can't just say, God, I thank you for everything you've given me and I had that for a period of time uh, and that's gone and I'm incredibly sad about that but you're still good it doesn't change who you are you're still good and uh, that's a that's a theology I'm um, unfortunately that isn't being taught a lot um, when we've got this sort of prosperity health and wealth you know um, everything will go well for you God will bless you everything will be fine and then when things don't go well people's lives fall apart and they blame God and blame the church, you said it would all be fine. Uh, Whereas that's not the biblical understanding, of course, at all.
1: Yes, this idea of holding things lightly, uh, of being a steward of what God has given to us, and really to be able to do those things, you have to have your identity grounded in who mm. God says we are and not just who mm. we think we would like to be and in the sense of wishful thinking there, but uh, mm. knowing that God has, the one, God has our identity and if we are grounded in him, then what we can recognize then is that uh, those who are going through tough times, and we might be going through the tough times just like everybody else is, but we've got something that we've got to offer to people in tough mm. times. Is that the way to look at the idea of, you know, when, when everyone's hurting, we might be hurting ourselves, but that doesn't diminish the responsibility and the desire that we might have to share this good news with others?
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, look, you know, some people think, oh, I'll share Jesus once my life's all sorted out and everything's fine with me. Um, well, we'll be waiting for the grave for that to happen <laughs> because yeah. none of us are, have got are perfect. None of us have got everything sorted out. Um, And we don't have to be, and and we don't need to uh, be not hurting in order to share hope. Uh, It's in the journey, and sometimes it's more encouraging for others to hear us say, you know what, I'm really hurting at the moment, but I have a hope in Jesus Christ. And you can, you know, identify with where other people are at. If you're sort of on another plan, you know, uh, on another plane, sorry and you seem like you're above it all and you don't get hurt and everything's, you know, then it's a little bit hard to identify with others. And the great thing about thinking about what Jesus said is he didn't just stay in heaven and sort of wave out to us from a distance. He came down. He was born as a baby. He lived as a human being. He knows exactly what it is like to, to be brought up on this earth as a human being. And he understands us. And so that's why we can identify so much with our Saviour um, because of what he's been through and our identification with other people's hurts can can actually help uh, rather than hinder as we share the hope of Jesus Christ.
1: Now, now, Stu, we've been talking a little bit here about Christians and uh, that's mm. relevant and uh, do want to get listeners' thoughts on those sorts of issues as well around how Christians feel about uh, you know, evangelism when people are hurting. But let's uh, turn our attention to the non-Christian and maybe we're tarring lots of non-Christians with the same brush But uh, but we all sort of know where... Uh, non-christians are coming from perhaps materially minded and uh, you know if i've got uh, the I'm driving a nice car and i'm i'm living in a house and uh, you know i'm i'm sort of aspiring to what we think are good things but there's a certain materialism that is where the identity is and so when there is loss it's like the whole world is falling to pieces and people mm. spiral out of control into anxiety, depression and uh, that's where you get all sorts of challenges uh, even to the mm. point of suicide. But what are your thoughts here yes. about the the non-believer and what they are feeling when you've got crises like we've seeing around the world?
0: Yeah, I think you're you're really uh, onto to it and what you're saying Neil because the, the, really it looks at, we need to look at the, what the foundation is. What is our foundation? As a Christian, our foundation is in Christ. And so when circumstances change, it doesn't change who Jesus is and it doesn't change who we are in him. But for a non-Christian, if they don't have that and their security is in their wealth or in their family or in things going well and that's all life is and there's nothing beyond that, then when things come crashing down financially or, uh, you know, you know, problems in their family and their relationships, uh, then life is not worth living. And that definitely uh, causes uh, mental, emotional problems and, like you say, even to the point of suicide. But that's why we have a unique opportunity at this time to, to offer hope and to say, hey, there is something beyond money. There is something beyond family. There's something higher than that. And it's the creator of the universe wanting a relationship with you. And that's an incredible thing that you can have. And it's a foundation for your life that it doesn't matter what happens. The storms of life can come, but you still have God in your life. And that's an amazing thing. So we have a hope that transcends all these earthly
3: problems. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events.
1: This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Stu Miller is our guest. He's the founder of Train to Proclaim, and I often wait until the end of our conversation to say there's lots of free resources to supercharge your confidence in sharing the gospel. But I'll mention it a time or two through the conversation because it's just so important this time in Australia's history. com. Check out that website. Check out the G7 app. And uh, there is a Zoom training that's coming up in July. We'll talk to Stu about that shortly. Hey, Stu, let's take some calls. Uh, let's first of all hear from Anne in Labrador in Queensland. Hello, Anne. Welcome along.
4: Oh, welcome! Welcome to your program. And what that guy has said is quite true. Um, there are some people in Christians who uh, don't understand um, that God's uh, in control of all of this, and He has the final outcome. And He also, I think, will use uh, uh, man uh, to get a vaccine uh, to help us through it next year. But I think sometimes he gives a shaking to us Christians to focus on him and and to know him more and to understand who he is and to get closer to him. And also for those who probably think, oh, I don't need God, I don't need anything and have probably already heard the gospel um, being spoken to them but then at this time realise that... um, that they really need God and they will turn to God because of the circumstances that has come about through, not of their own fault, but through something that, you know, we couldn't um, do or couldn't uh, do anything about it.
1: And great thoughts there. Stu, you've got a response for Anne?
0: Uh, I think you're absolutely right, Anne. We, uh, as Christians, we, we, we know... Uh, the, we know the end of the book don't we know no, the end of the story we know who wins and it's God <laughs> and we're on his side and um, knowing that gives us a, a great security uh, in knowing his sovereignty and for the, for non-Christians I think you're also bang on the money you know that, that people uh, actually need to be shaken they, it's very easy to, to ignore God when everything's going well in your life but when things get shaken up and things go wrong and you're you're, you've are you got fear and anxiety and you're uncertain about the future, often that's when people start crying out to God and, and uh, looking beyond themselves. So uh, fantastic thoughts there, Anne.
1: Anne, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today talking about a time when people are hurting and it's not just... The non-Christians we're talking about when it comes around this issue of evangelism, how people are open to a good news message of the gospel, but it's also about how Christians are responding, a softening of hearts, a hardening of hearts. You can respond to that poll online, and let me just tell you where the poll is at, and we'll take another call, but our Facebook question today when there is a health crisis or economic pain are people's hearts softened or hardened to the gospel I'll tell you that the uh, the poll so far has 77% of listeners saying people's hearts are softened when these hard times come but there are 23% who are saying no people's hearts are hardened uh, when these hard times come. Let's take another call, Stu. Daniel is on the line from Minyup in Victoria. Hello, Daniel. Welcome. G'day, mate. <coughs> Good to hear from you, Daniel. Oh, well. <laughs> what are your thoughts?
3: Yes, uh, my thoughts. Um, I've worked in evangelism for quite a while. And um, what I find is very... You have to be sensitive to God's spirit. And my prayer has always been, Lord, give me eyes to see and ears to hear, because there's no one solution that fits everybody. Um, And you talk about people with hard hearts or with soft hearts. So a lot of our evangelism works on relationship, which should be in the people that are around you all the time, in your communities, in your workplaces and that. And God seems to pop up the right situation at the right time, and he will give you a word or a leg in because um, he sees the big picture in their life. Well, what
1: and, a yep, that's tremendous insight. And what we're talking here, I think, uh, as we reflect there, Daniel, you're saying that there's a certain discernment that comes upon the believer when there is the connection point with someone who doesn't know Christ. And uh, he's inclined to bring wisdom. He's inclined to bring insight. And sometimes, you know, some people will talk about, you know, gifts of the Holy Spirit and uh, and ways that God uses the believer. I wonder whether, Stu, you've got some thoughts for Daniel on uh, on his comments. I think you're
0: right, Daniel. I think we are need to be listening uh, to the Spirit and and also focused and looking for those opportunities to share Jesus with others and doing it appropriately within the circumstances. Uh, You see with Jesus and the Samaritan woman at at the well, you see it with Paul as he went through city to city to city, preaching the gospel in different places and Mars Hill and Ephesus and all these places. And he, he used a lot of the, the 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 culture of the time he talked about the the altars to the unknown god that that uh, one society had and he, he quoted from their poets He's, he you know and Jesus did the same he used he used parables and he spoke to people where they were at and he connected with them and then shared the gospel and so um i think it's a, again we're living in a time where we can use utilize some of the events that are happening in the world to have a discussion with some people and when they show their fears and concerns then express the hope that we have in Jesus Christ so great thoughts daniel daniel just yeah. while
1: we've while we've got you on the phone daniel this idea of a sensitivity to god's spirit and daniel you said you've been you know an evangelist for some time and uh, the idea when you are in that situation and you're reflecting on your own experience, I suspect here, Daniel, when the opportunity comes and you want to be able to share your testimony, uh, talk about the gospel with a person, and you realize that somehow rather beyond your control, God has set something up here, almost you know beyond coincidence. Uh, what are your <clears throat> thoughts for you know what that does for you as an individual believer when you realize that, wow, God was in that conversation?
3: Yeah, that's um, very encouraging, actually, when that happens, because it's wild, because God uses... Um, he sometimes says things to you which don't make sense, and uh, and then you see the repercussions of that years later, and, you, and people come up and they say, I remember when you said, and you go, really? <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> and, and it had major impact in their life. I'll give you a quick example. I worked as a prison chaplain. And there was a guy in a prison and uh, we were just, um, I was doing my job as a prison chaplain and there was a guy who kept catching my eye, he was standing up the back. And um, I just had this real strong sense, you need to talk to this guy. So it was a bit like, oi, you, I need to talk to you. And he type of looked at me and everyone, you, I'm talking to you and that's who I need to talk to. I said, "Into the interview room, we'll have a chat. So the guy went in there, and we sat down for an hour and talked all about life, salvation, his situation, his uh, drug issues, <clears throat> and and all those things. Um, and then I left. Now, a couple of years later, I was in a rehab, and this guy came up to me and gave me a hug, which was quite... Because I, I didn't remember him. <laughs> so yes. it's a bit like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, personal wow. space. Back off, you know? And he goes, you don't That's remember me? Different. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, no, no, I don't, but you look vaguely familiar. And he said, ah, oh. and then he just said, oi, you. And I was like, oh, I remember you, you know, <laughs> click. Yeah. And he said, you know what, that day I was going to take my life. There was no hope. Ah. And he said, and I saw you there and you addressed me. Now, that was what they call, you know, I see that as the Holy Spirit going, this is the guy you need mm. to speak to. And that guy had gone back to, his, um, back to his cell, made his peace with God, he'd found Christ, and now he was out of prison and in a rehab and getting his life back together and dealing with his issues. Well. And I thought, isn't that amazing? Just on getting that unction, that uh, that feeling, there was something mm. there which God went, oi, you. <laughs> You need to see that, bloke.
1: Daniel, wonderful to hear Praise that God. personal testimony. And we're only about a minute out from news, and I uh, want to get a, a quick thought here from Stu, uh, this idea that I've heard from God. It's the unction of the Holy Spirit, as Daniel calls it. Uh, your thoughts yes. just just briefly on, on, on what it is that's happening when you are sharing your faith, that this is something supernatural.
0: It is something supernatural, and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes and it's just a, an incredible divine message that you're, you're planting in someone's heart that can change their life forever and you never know when it's going to happen. But like you said, Daniel, you, you, you sort of didn't even remember them. It wasn't a big moment for you at the time, but afterwards you know but for him it was and i've had a lot of similar experiences where i've shared with someone and and i haven't sometimes have felt a leading of the holy spirit sometimes i haven't felt anything but then the person said you know what i've been sitting here i've just been thinking about god and wondering i just asked god are you there and then you came along and started talking to me and, and it's just amazing how god connects people at the right time and if we're available and willing uh, god can use you to have a divine encounter with
1: someone. Uh, Stu, just before we move on, uh, when people go to the Train to Proclaim website, there are lots of things there they can download for free, all sorts of things that people can access. And you've got something special that's coming up, uh, a Zoom training coming in July. Just give us a very quick uh, connection to that Zoom training on, on perhaps the idea of what our conversation is about today.
0: Yeah, I mean, we're going to be learning via Zoom, so it means that anyone in the world can, can link in to the training and learn how to be more effective in sharing the gospel with those around us. We're going to be learning how to use the G7 app, the uh, Gospel in 7 tool that uh, we can download onto our phones or onto our tablets and uh, learn how we can use that to present the gospel. So if anyone's interested in being a part of that Zoom meeting, it's free. There's no cost to it at all. You can uh, just contact me, S T U at train to proclaimcom or contact me through the contact form on our website and um, I'll send you the Zoom details and you can link in.
1: Okay. So go to train2proclaim.com. We've got our mm-hmm. Facebook question that's functioning at the moment. People are responding when there is a health crisis or economic pain, are people's hearts softened or hardened? To the gospel. Well, at this present time, 77% are saying people's hearts are softened to the gospel. 23% of those who are responding on that poll are saying no, people are hardened to the gospel. You might like to join in that particular poll, Facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Stu, let's continue to take some calls. Al is on the line from Victoria. Al, welcome along. Hi, uh, great to be on air again with you. Al, yes. Uh, Al Watson. And uh, I know your name, Al. Uh, Walk through the Bible. Walk through the Bible. I do, yes, yes. Welcome along, Al. What's your contribution? um,
5: I I had the joy of um, going on a bit of a holiday over the last two weeks. And I was up in a place called Kerrang, where I did some ministry for a while, and found out about two stories uh, that illustrate what we're really talking about. One was... This guy, we, we set up a bike riding group of guys that could come and join us, and we went bike riding, and it gave us great opportunities to talk as we went along riding the bike and share the gospel. In, in, in some sense, share a conversation, start something going. And I found out when I was up there just uh, last week that uh, one of the guys that was part of that conversation, something that I'd said to him, started to get to go through this process where he was thinking it through, and, and he came to faith in Christ. Uh, long after I had gone but my point is it started something you 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 always need to be out there sowing seed that's that's the key part Mm -hmm. sometimes we think we failed if we haven't you know seen a birth into the kingdom that's not true we are sowers that sow another one was um, a couple that they'd asked me to come and pray because there's something they thought it was weird and wonderful and you know they they wanted me to cast demons out of their house well I didn't know if there were demons in the house or what it was, but I, he asked me a question. He says, why is this happening? And I said to him, buddy, there's a reason for this. God's trying to rattle your cage. And it was just that statement that took him away from trying to get rid of demons in his house and so on. Well, what is God doing through this in my life? What, why is this happening? And again, as a result of that, after I had left, uh, through other Christians coming in, he started coming to church and he came to faith in Christ
1: <clears throat> oh, okay. And to me Al, that's
5: the point is we're in a conversation with people, we need to engage with people all the time and just say mm-hmm. something, knock on a door.
1: Al, great insights in all of that, because sowing the seed and getting the conversation started, I suspect this is an important element that we all need to adjust ourselves in. Uh, Stew your thoughts for Al Watson. I
0: completely agree with you, Al. Um, two wonderful testimonies there. And and uh, it is very, very important for us to understand that we, we are not God. We're not the saviour of the world. We don't save anyone. Only God does. And we have the privilege of being able to be a link in the chain. Uh, part of that process, part of that journey of someone coming to Christ. Now, we may be at the end of the the, of the line and lead someone to Jesus, which is a real privilege when that happens. But often we're planting a seed or we're we're, we're putting some water on that seed down the track, and every part of that process is valuable. And uh, so, if anyone's listening today and and going, well, I've talked to a lot of people about Jesus, but I haven't. No one's come to know Jesus. I'm no good at this. Don't ever think like that, because God can use you to plant a seed that later on will come to harvest. And uh, it's so important that we understand this as Christians. Uh, yeah, wonderful. Al, great, great testimonies you've just put there.
1: Al Watson, great to hear from you, and uh, Al leads Walk Through the Bible. Al, uh, great uh, insights today. Uh, 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. I'll just reflect a couple of uh, comments from Facebook before we take another call. Um, Facebook comments, Con says, I believe most people have hardened their hearts because they are angry at God because the world is in such a terrible state. That's been my experience when evangelising on a Saturday. So, so Con, who goes evangelising on Saturdays, uh, people are blaming God. Have, have you found that, Stu? Uh,
0: yep. As I said at the beginning, there's there's two responses. Either people have uh, you know become better towards God, and they're like blaming God for everything. If God really loves us, why is all this happening in the world? And then there's others that. Uh, you know, are softening their hearts because it's taking a crisis like this to actually get them thinking about them. But often the people that have hardened their hearts and that are bitter towards God, they weren't following God to begin with. So they're, they're no further away from them as such. Um, but their are caged, be being rattled at the
1: moment. OK, Susan says uh, her response to the poll question hardened. They've become the God of their lives. They've come to this delusion of believing that they are in control and they want nothing to do with God. And so when things go wrong, they're not going to blame themselves. They'll blame God. Uh, I guess she's saying God is the scapegoat to blame here. Is that something that's relevant?
0: <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because she, she says that people uh, you know, think that they're in control of their lives. But when something bad happens, instead of taking personal responsibility, they blame God.
1: <laughs> well, God's got broad so, shoulders, hasn't he? And uh, he, yeah. can, he can take a little bit of blame. <laughs> but uh, coming back to yeah. that, just, just briefly, because I want to take some more calls, uh, back sure. to that uh, blaming God. Well, the shaking is there for a purpose. It's not just yes. the shaking of the believer. It's the shaking of the non-believer too. God gets our attention in the shaking. Mm. And so all of those things that are at the front of our mind we want to blame God, those things are going to pop out, aren't they? We shouldn't be afraid when somebody says, I'm going to blame God for all of this.
0: No, no, not at all. And um, the fact that they're thinking about God when they probably weren't at all prior to that, even if it is blaming God, at least they've got got God on their mind. I know it it may not sound like it's very good because they're blaming God, but, uh, you know, often people come to that point. They start thinking about God and then they're challenged. Well, you know, I don't normally follow God to begin with anyway, so why am I blaming God now? It's a bit like, you know, we we get rid of Bible in schools and prayer out of schools, and then, you know, something bad happens in the school, and then we blame God for it. And it's like, well, we spend all this time getting rid of God out of our lives, and then we want to blame Him when things go wrong. It's not really... Not really true, is it?
1: No. It's uh, the question <laughs> I think you can turn around the situation and say, oh, well, you must be an atheist or an agnostic. Uh, what's your. Response: What's the solution coming from your side? Well, of course, you know, and let's not get into a whole thing here. But of course, there is no response. There is no solution that's coming from that side. So, uh, so really, the conversation is all about God. Whether people agree or disagree with the gospel. Let's take another call. Frank is on the line from Albany Creek, Albany Creek in Queensland. Hello, Frank. Welcome. How are you? Good, Um, Frank. What are your thoughts?
2: thoughts, My thoughts are, um, you know. um, They shouldn't be blaming God, for a start, and um, they should be blaming the devil because the the devil gives people these stupid ideas to make these stupid viruses, and then everyone blames God, you know, and and God says, you know, now is our harvest. People are open to the gospel. You know, we travel to the Philippines um, a lot, and, um, you know... People are starving there, but they love the the gospel. If you know what I mean, because that's the only hope they got. God mm. to come through and help them, and that's what the way we should look in Australia. You know, you don't blame God. You know, find a solution. You know, and talk to God and see what He wants us to do.
1: Good thoughts, Frank. Your your response uh, there. Uh, let's come around this one, Stu. Yeah,
0: well, I mean, we can we can blame a lot of things, but we can blame the devil, we can blame people, because a lot of the, the problems in the world are actually the direct result of people and, and the, the actions that they are taking at the moment, but the one person we can't blame is God. He's loving, he's awesome, he's created us, he's given us life, every breath that we breathe is a gift from him, and, uh, and he wants the best for us. And to blame God is really to misunderstand God and who he is, um, rather than to realize, hey, during this crisis, I need to turn to the one who gave me life and can help me through it.
1: Frank, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 to join our conversation. Let's take another call. Greg is on the line from Ararat in Victoria. Hey, Greg, welcome. Hello, how are you? Good, Greg. What are your thoughts for our conversation?
2: Oh, um, my thoughts this. I think that uh, you should get down and pray and say, uh, you
0: know, you seek God for all your wisdom and all that sort of thing. And it's not what your church can do for you, it's what you can do for your church. It's not what you can do, it's not what God can do for you, it's what you can
2: do
1: for God. And I really believe that. Well, good stuff. Your thoughts, Stu?
0: Absolutely. You know, we're, and again, this whole thing of blaming God comes down from we want everything from God. Rather than, what what are we going to contribute? God's given us all this amazing stuff. He's created this universe. He's given us life and breath. And and uh, what are we going to actually input? So rather than looking to, what what can the government give to me? What can God give to me? What can, you know, I love your attitude, Greg. What can we actually contribute?
1: Good stuff, Greg. Thank you so much for your call, one eight hundred 316 Let's hear from Jonathan in WA. Hi, Jonathan.
2: Yes, he, he, as I look at the whole thing, uh, you know, blaming one another started from the garden in Genesis chapter 3, blaming each other. So it becomes men's habit. And if you see those two that are blaming God, if you check their life, their worms, they were going to church. But when something happened, maybe they pray to God for their relative whatsoever happened. And nothing happened, God not healed that person, the person died. They become years, They become people who blame God. Why God not help me? And the other thing is that some of us that are in the church, we're not living their life. And so the people in the community, they say, well, no need of me going to church. And the people, they say they are a follower of God. They are not living their life. So they don't want to hear about God. So we have mm-hmm. two ways. We are the cause. Because we, we say we are Christian, but we, by month, we declare to be Christian, but we're not living the life. So the people... The fellow go and say, "I better be atheist," and say there are no God, and wrong with my life. i in a mess.
1: I think what you're saying is, uh, you know, when you that last part of your uh, comment there, Jonathan, to be the atheist is to put your head in the sand and deny that anything's actually going on that's bad. And if you've got things in some ways made comfortable for yourself, well, then who cares about anybody else? Hey, your thoughts for Jonathan, Stu. Yeah,
0: and very true about what you're saying about people who go to church and say they're Christians and then actually not. Uh, and many in the community can, and this is a common criticism, is that you know there's, the church is full of hypocrites. People right? non-Christians say to me that um, many people who go to church, you know, um, are Christians obviously, but there are some that that go that aren't that don't know Jesus. So we can't judge Christianity based on people who go to church. Going to church makes you a Christian like going to McDonald's makes you a hamburger. It just doesn't work like that. Mm. But of course, and every, every true believer that goes to church, every true Christian is not perfect either. And, and uh, you know, none of our lives are, are perfect. But we try our best to be ambassadors for Christ and, and to be the best possible witness that we can be. That's a very important thing to do.
1: Jonathan from WA, thank you so much for great insights. 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation today. You can respond to, to that Facebook post today, which asks the question, when there is a health crisis or economic pain, are people's hearts softened or hardened to the gospel? And we said early on there's a twist in that question, are we talking about the non-Christians or are we talking about the Christians when we ask a question like that? Some responses, and I've got to tell you, uh, you know the, the poll results as they are continuing. And so I often say this is giving real-time feelings and thoughts about how listeners are responding to our conversation. 79% of people are saying this uh, when this pain comes, people's hearts are being softened. say people's hearts are being hardened. Scooter says uh, on our Facebook post today, difficult question to answer really. There are those whose hearts harden seeking to blame God for whatever calamity had occurred. Then there are others whose consciences get pricked and they inwardly realise they need to cry out to God for mercy. Now, there's an interesting one, Stu. What would your thought be for someone like Scooter?
0: Oh, I think he's articulated exactly how I feel about it, to be honest. Okay. <laughs> it is yeah. a difficult question to answer because there are some that go one way and some that go the other way. And um, I think he's nailed
1: it with that comment. And, and so, this idea of a discernment that comes when you are in a conversation. With someone who's not a believer, that's where that becomes all the more important because you don't know whether they're on one side or the other.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the the gospel's such a powerful thing to be able to share because, regardless of whether someone's you know hardening their heart or softening their heart, the gospel can penetrate. It's the power of God into salvation, and it's uh, it brings hope because, regardless of yeah, again, people's responses. People are feeling fearful. They're lacking hope. They're lacking. Uh, they're uncertain about the future. And we can present a message that can cut through uh, their feelings and can bring hope in a hope situation.
1: Stu, only a couple of minutes really remaining, but I'd yes. love to be able to touch on the idea of being a Christian believer who is open to sharing their faith, uh, sharing testimony, understanding the message of the gospel. And oftentimes, Mm -hmm. when things are tough, coming from a position of weakness and Mm -hmm. not from strength, this idea of waiting till the storm passes, maybe this perhaps a false perception of having to be in a strong position before I can share the gospel. But God is consistently one who uses people in their weaknesses. I wonder whether you've got any thoughts around around that uh, today?
0: Yeah, I think um, uh, when when we're vulnerable with others, they're a lot more likely to listen to us when we're when we're real with them. Um, so w- what we talked about before about how Christians can be un- feeling fearful or uncertain, even though we have the hope in Christ. And so identifying with where people are at are a very, is a very important thing. I'd encourage people to do A number of practical things, Um, you know, because we've talked a lot about uh, during this last hour about reaching out to others. But what can you do? Well, you could get on the phone or send a text or a message or a message, private message on Facebook or however you want to communicate or even write an actual letter to a member of your family or a friend or someone you haven't spoken to for a while. And just say, hey, we're living in uncertain times. There's a lot of fear around. But I just wanted to share something with you. And just take the initiative to make contact with people. And you may be surprised at just how uh, you know positively they respond with you when you are vulnerable. If you're humble in what you're doing and, and show love and concern, there's very few people that will come back and say, oh, what are you doing talking to me about that? They will sense the love that you have for them and concern at this time. And uh, it's a very appropriate time to be able to talk to people about spiritual things at the moment. So, so there's a couple of things. Yep. Well, you're, you're, you've spoken, I think, on Vision about the Hope story. Have, have the listeners heard much about the Hope story?
1: Uh, we, we have mentioned it. And uh, so, yes, uh, fill us in. This is the idea of sharing your testimony and uploading it.
0: Yes, that's right. It's a 60 second testimony that you can share on Instagram, Facebook, you know, TikTok, uh, Twitter, wherever, whatever social media platform you have. If you just video on your phone, it doesn't need to be professional. Just video on your phone, a 60 second testimony, and that way it'll go on all the platforms, and upload it to to Facebook, and just uh, say, so "This is my 60 second hope challenge," and then nominate another five people to do the same. And when you do that, uh, you know, the hope is that other people, even if two or three of those people go on and do it and nominate another five people and then two or three of them, this could go exponential. It could go viral. Now, if you're wanting to know more about this, there's a website called hopestorychallenge.com. And it explains it in very, very simple terms, very, very easy. There's a one-minute video on there explaining it and just three points that you've got to do. And uh, so it's a super easy thing that every single one of us can do. Uh, and it and it, you don't need to knock on a door. You don't need to go up to someone on the street. It's not a really uh, scary thing to do because all you need to do is upload that testimony of how you came to know Jesus. And there's more explanation at that site. That's hopeschallenge.com So it's another great idea for you today.
1: Good stuff. And uh, I think the message today, when times are tough, Don't go to pieces, continue to sow the seed, be in the conversations, be consistent as a believer and leave it to God to bring the harvest because he's the one who's bringing the harvest. And Stu, I do want to mention you are going to be running a special Zoom training that's coming up in July. And I know that there's lots of listeners who'd love to connect with you in that Zoom training. Uh, they'll be mm-hmm. able to connect through train2proclaim.com. That's your website. Uh, what are you intending yep. with that Zoom training? Just very quickly.
0: Yep. And you can directly email me on s t u at train2proclaim.com as well if you want to contact me directly. Uh, the, the training's going to have seven sessions, so seven one-and-a-half-hour sessions, and we're going to be learning how we can share the gospel with others in our day-to-day uh, lives around us. So it's going to be a wonderful
1: time. Okay. So you can send Stu a personal email and connect with that. And no doubt there'll be some sort of a uh, you know a sign-in code that people will need to participate. It's a Zoom yep. training. It's coming in July. What's the date in July that you mentioned? The 7th of
0: the 7th July. 7th of July. Okay, Tuesday so the 7th we're going to
1: start. Not far away. But train2proclaim.com. Lots of free resources there. It's all about our confidence in being able to share the gospel. And Stu, uh, honor to you. Uh, you put yourself out in so many ways to work on resources, to make yourself available, uh, to be able to share your heartbeat on what it is to uh, understand this great commission and how every believer can, even in their weakness, be a participant in that. So, the Zoom training coming up J- July the 7th, uh, simply contact train to proclaim.com or stew at train2proclaim.com and be a part of that training. And, Stu, let me just confirm that is free, isn't it?
0: Absolutely. It's free for anyone who wants to join.
1: Okay. It's uh, it's, uh, it's something that I'd encourage listeners to be part of, uh, if you can plan that and maybe even get a bunch of friends to be a part of it. Stu Miller, always an a great honour for me to have you on the radio and, uh, and our listeners will have benefited so much from your great insights today. Thanks for being with us once again on 2020. Thank you, Neil.
4: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.